It is Thursday, May 21st. This is Jaguars Happy Hour. And now, America's reigning Animal Crossing champion, J.P. Shadrick. I have no idea what that means, but welcome into Jaguars Happy Hour. It's Thursday, May 21st. J.P. Shadrick from the Palatial Home Studio Side Porch Extra Room. Yet again, we're two months in, and it could be a little longer while we're doing the show here. Uh, we've got plenty of show ahead today. Jaguars analyst Jeff Lagerman coming up shortly. Senior writer John Osier will break down his podcast this week featuring Paul Pazlesny and a little bit more. And we'll hear from CBS Sports play-by-play announcer Ian Eagle. He's also the Thursday night football announcer on Westwood One with Tony Baselli. He is also an announcer for the NBA on TNT. He is also an announcer for the Brooklyn Nets on television. So he has a, a multi-faceted approach to what's going on right now. NBA, NFL, radio, TV, all the rest. We'll hear from Ian coming up. So a good show coming up today. Glad you have chosen to join us on 1010 AM in Jacksonville and on the Jaguar social media channels, the uh, podcast archive coming up a little bit later as well. Let's go to the phone line and welcome in our co-host, Jaguars analyst Jeff Lagerman. Good afternoon, Jeff. JP, it's like uh, Iron Eagle, Inc. That'd be the best way to call him, right? Pretty much. Uh, he's, he's, <laughs> he's everywhere. That's the way it's supposed to be, right? I build the brand and the brand keeps building, you know? Yeah, he's he's uh he's a good guy too, you know. Uh, you know, we we get to come across a lot of guys in the business that are broadcasters or in the sporting industry, and and uh, he, he's one of my favorite guys. Down to earth, works hard, and uh, has earned everything that he's gotten, and and deservedly so. He's a very talented guy. We'll hear from Ian coming up, obviously, but uh, I, I was looking through his bio and stuff the last couple of days, and um, I've known him for a while, obviously, but. I didn't realize he'd been doing NFL games since 1998. That's a long time. Yeah. When I was playing, I mean, when he, you know, he was in New York when I was up there. And so, I mean, me and him crossed paths, gosh, uh, years ago. And, uh, and then obviously, uh, uh, he made his name in the NFL is kind of where he got started, but in New York is kind of where he really, I think cut his teeth and, uh, but good dude, you know, you root for guys like that. And, uh, he's going to be around for many years to come. You know I mean? At some point, Somebody's got to replace the Jim Nance and the and the Al Michaels, right? I mean, and uh, he's positioning himself to be that guy. He's knocking on the door for sure. A uh, lot going on, Logs. Let's uh, let's talk a little ball. I, you know, I don't even know if it's really talking ball right now. There's not a lot of ball to be talked about these days, obviously, with the, everything going virtual. But um, you know, I guess the next big thing for the organization is phase one opening of the facility that's coming up uh they could start it you know last uh it could have started this week but the jaguars have waited until may 26 to start phase one opening it's very limited no coaches no players unless they're already undergoing rehabilitation in the training room that's uh, those guys have been there already but no extra football coaches or players are allowed uh, I think the the limit's 75 people, and it's going to be uh, timed in, timed out, checked in temperature, in and out, uh, one-way signs in the hallway. A lot. Uh, it doesn't affect us. Me and you, Logs, will be sitting at home doing this show <laughs> next week. But yeah, yeah it, we don't get to go in anyway. At least it's moving forward in some direction, which is good. Yeah, we're, we're, we're like phase 20, <laughs> you know, as far as like on the pecking scale of, of importance to the actual – football game being played <laughs> yeah sure yeah so so we've got a ways to wait but uh but i get it i mean look uh you, you're trying to go back to work you're trying to find a way to make it work this is unknown territory for a lot of people and so you're trying to minimize the risk i'm sure that uh you're going to have a checkpoint even for the people that are, are allowed to go in at phase one where you, know, you walk up up to the door and and they have those uh, thermometers that they can stick into your ear and take your your core body temperature immediately uh, without sitting there with you know having to uh, uh, run the risk of of somebody shedding on somebody else by sticking a thermometer in their mouth. I mean, there's all kinds of technology that's going to allow them to 
I don't want to say to, to know for sure what's bringing in or what's coming into the building, but at least, you know, give yourself a fighting chance at, at having somewhat of a little bit of control over it. So, well, is this be a laser on the forehead logs? They got those now. They just point it like, no, the, like the air conditioning everything. guys. Yeah, it's crazy. They've got everything. And at some point, they're going to have to find a way to to get testing more readily available and quicker and to where you can, you can do a test and almost immediately find out what the answer is. So, I mean, you know, until there's a vaccine, I mean, I just, I think there's gotta be something like that to where you've got, I don't want to say instant gratification, but, but instant information to allow things to be able to continue. So it, it's going to be a, a different world and that, uh, you know, JP and I, I can actually foresee a lot of people watching the games, obviously from the comfort of their home. I also see, the team traveling with a very limited um, uh, enclave of people, and, and it's going to be a very tight circle. And there's a lot of, I don't want to say ancillary personnel, but support personnel that aren't going to be going. Uh, just because why would you risk having additional people around your football team when you're trying to play games? So uh, I, I see us calling games from TV maybe. Um uh, I see the the equipment room staff. You know, for example, all the equipment guys. I mean, you, that's probably going to be limited to a, a certain extent. Trainers, you know, obviously are very important. So you're not going to limit that to put your players at risk or anything of that nature. But you know, the the sponsorship. And, you know, I don't see sponsorship having a role in traveling with a football team for a while. Right. You know, so. Uh, it's going to be different, and uh, and that's just going to have to be that way for some period of time to be able to get the games off without any hitch. The Falcons, I believe, are one of the first wave teams this week to open. Uh, the Cowboys, Steelers, Texans, Colts, a few other teams partially open this week. But I, I, the Falcons actually did um, a video on their social media channels with Rich McKay giving a tour of the facility and how it's set up for the return to work, which was kind of interesting. It showed all the protocol they go through to go in. It's something uh, interesting to see how it works. So if you're interested in that, take a look on the Falcons' uh, social media pages. Now, the, the next trick here, Logs, is how if, you know, there are no fans this season, which is a possibility, if there are no fans, how does that affect the economics of the league? And there was a great article in Forbes on, on the Forbes social media page, at least this week. I didn't read the, the hard copy this week. Um, Mike Ozanian was the, the author of this article, and he said the NFL would lose $5.5 billion of stadium revenue. That's tickets, concessions, sponsors, parking, team stores, um, if they don't have fans this year, that's 38% of, of total revenue, 38% of total revenue. And the, the team that would lose the most would be the Dallas Cowboys, $621 million lost out of nearly a billion dollars in revenue through the stadium. That's a, it's a lot of money. The Jaguars, by the way, were ranked 20th on his list. Yeah. Well, I mean, the Cowboys the reason that they would lose the most money is that, uh, they own the stadium, you know, so they've got. Uh, the most revenue keep, they're not paying a lease or, or you know, they're not splitting the money with a tenant. Yeah. Don't they own their being own? The, being the tenant. Don't they, this side note, don't they own their own merchandising too? I don't think they're in the merchandising pool for the NFL. I think they have their own. No, they're they're in the merchandising pool with the NFL, but uh, Jerry Jones was the one who really uh, went uh, kind of, I guess you could say, was a maverick in some ways because he started cutting his own deal away from the NFL That's, and the NFL at first was very resistant to it. But then they realized, Hey, well, we can have league sponsorship and then the teams can still have their sponsorship. And then everybody's still going to make a lot more money. You know? So the Jerry Jones was the one who kind of, I guess you could say pissed a lot of people off for lack of a better term around the league, uh, because he had his stadium and he was able to sell rights to the stadium, even though he owned the stadium, the league, and he was just, thumbing his nose at the league saying, look, I can do whatever I want with my stadium. You know, I own my own stadium and it's, it's, that's not, uh, that's not Dallas Cowboys Inc. That's Texas stadium Inc. So I can do whatever I want there. So, so he has a lot of money to lose certainly with the Dallas Cowboys and the Jaguars got a, got a pretty good deal with the city of Jacksonville for their stadium, you know, but uh, you always make more money when you own the grounds that you're in, when you're the landlord and the tenant, that's a lot of money you can make. So and that's, that's Jerry Jones. And, and he's done a really good job with his stadium because when you go to a Cowboys game, I mean, this is not just a football game. I mean, this is uh, 
I don't want to say a Disneyland experience, but it's it's certainly more than a football game. I mean, it, it's a tremendous facility and it's a tremendous venue to see any kind of, of event at. I've still never been, believe it or not. You know, and here, here's the thing, JP. I mean, the owners in the National Football League have a pretty good deal. Uh, when I say a pretty good deal, and that what other what other profession, what other business do you have the ability of having essentially a fixed set of cost uh, to operate your business and you're guaranteed a certain amount or, or a percentage of revenue to keep for yourself, you know? So, and what I mean by that is that, you know, the the union and the owners have an agreement to where the players get a percentage of revenue. And so if revenue goes down, then the future player share goes down and it's a percentage directly related to overall revenue. So, even though it's it's a terrible thing that the owners are not going to make as much money and it's it's bad for business to not make as much money. I mean, it's, it's still better than a lot of other businesses out there that look, uh, the owners got a way of, of knowing, look in the future, uh, if our expenses go up or if our revenue goes down, then, uh, you know, we have a way to offset those costs because we're going to have a less percentage or not a less percentage, but a smaller amount to share with the players. So it's a it's a unique business and it's a and it's a successful business business model. I mean, that's why over the last number of years you saw how the the value of franchise have risen so dramatically. And I'm not saying it's because of of the players' agreement or the collective bargaining agreement, but I mean it's certainly nice to be able to go into a business and say, I know how much money that I have to pay my labor force and what my costs are, because that is your labor force in football, as well as, you know, other things that facilities and equipment and all those things. But at the end of the day, I know what percentage is going there. And therefore I know what percentage is left for me to do what I need to do. And also to take profit. Pretty good deal. Jeff Lagerman with us, Jaguars analyst. Um, you know, part of that too, the revenue and the, all the percentages can move and change. So there's the the talk now of this week, listening to other shows and, and some of the writing online, that could they trim the salary cap in future years after the revenues of yeah, this well, year? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's I mean, that's a given. I mean, and, that's, and that's how does why... that and how does that change the face of of teams in the league? Is you're going to start trimming away players on your salary if you're way over? Well, I mean, that's that's an interesting deal. I mean, that's that's the, that's the reality. I mean, could the league say, hey, you know, let's uh, graduate this thing to where it's not going to be so painful to where we have to just release, have a mass cutting by every team in the league. But the reality is, if that's your salary cap, that's your salary cap based on what the, the designated gross revenue or the designated revenue is. So uh that's just I mean, look, in the league and the, in the union never anticipated anything like that. But if that's what the numbers are, then that's what the numbers are. And that's, that's the beauty of, of the collective bargaining agreement from an owner standpoint. I mean, if you're the owner and you're sitting there saying, Hey, look, we got an agreement and our uh, overall uh, pie that we have to spend on player pool has dropped. And because you, and you agreed to this model and now we have to adjust the salary cap down to meet what the revenues were or what the expected revenues are. I mean, that's, that's the way it is. And so that everybody's just got to adjust. And, and sometimes, and at some point there's going to be some hard pills to swallow and tough decisions to make. And uh, at that point, you got to make them. Final couple of thoughts with you here, Logs. Um, I know you're a huge social media guy. We touch on that every yeah, week. Yeah, big, real big. Huge. You're always on there. So I know you saw today Gardner Minshew throwing the football uh, with his quarterback uh, workout team, whatever that he's working with these days. There was a video of him throwing some routes and running around, and it looks like he's put on a little bit of muscle, which is good. And, um, you know, obviously in the video, he didn't throw an incompletion, so that's positive too. <laughs> you know how that goes. How how bad is it to where we are now where we're talking about Gardner Minshew has a video to where he's working out and it's all the rage. It's amazing. I mean, and that's where we are, right? That's, I mean, that's just the where where the league is right now. It is. Right what now it is. It is with what it uh, is. with uh, the current pandemic that's going on in our world, and people are starving for information, and uh, I guess that's where it's at, is stuff like that. But uh, yeah, no good for him, and and I hope that he's uh, 
and I'm not worried about him so much. I mean, you worry about certain guys, I think, around the league, but he's one of those guys, I think, that's hardworking, self-motivated, committed, and you don't worry about a guy like that. But there are some players that I can tell you in the league that uh, I don't know a lot of the guys. Well, I couldn't say any for the Jaguars that I know because, I mean, you got to kind of be into that locker room in a pretty deep way to be able to understand it. But, I mean, even when I was playing, there were guys that, that if they didn't have the structure of an OTA or an off-season program, man, look out. <laughs> Dude's going to be doing nothing but sitting on the couch eating Cheetos and, and eating ice cream. Sounds like a pretty good offseason, actually, Logs. Uh, yeah, I know, JP. I know it's right up your alley. That's not the way to win a lot of ball games, though, when you eat that that's, kind of stuff. That's a good point. Um, hey, good stuff, Logs. Good to talk to you always. Way to lead off the show this week. Good job. Hey, it's nice to it's nice to get ahead and get some fresh some fresh air in the face, so to speak, instead of the uh, the backdraft of Tony Baselli sucking all the wind out of the show. <laughs> He's not even on this week. He had other things oh, going wow. on. Wow! So, yeah, he took a week off. Okay, whatever, Bo. Well, good for him. Not just giving him a hard time. It's uh, it's always fun. It'll be fun when we can all three get in the same room and uh, and have a little friendly friendly banter back and forth. I missed it already. Uh, Logs, we'll talk to you again soon, bud. Have a good one. Okay, JP. See you, buddy. There he is, Jeff Lagerman, Jaguars analyst, joining us. We'll uh, hear from John Osier coming up in just a few minutes. Uh, around 4.35, you'll hear from Ian Eagle, CBS Sports, Westwood One Radio. And it's time now for the Community Spotlight. TIAA Bank is proud to support the community through Operation Healthcare. Team members from around the country have worked together to identify and deliver much-needed supplies to the medical community, including N95 masks, surgical masks and booties, and protective gloves and hand sanitizer. More than 27,000 units of personal protective equipment and 20,000 hand sanitizers were donated to hospitals and medical centers. Good stuff from TIAA Bank. Back with more in a moment. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Tito's Handmade Vodka is America's original craft vodka. In 1995, Tito Beverage set out to build a micro distillery incorporating elements of artisan craftsmanship from boutique wineries into the spirits industry. Pot distilled and made from corn, Tito's is naturally gluten-free, crafted in Austin, Texas to be savored by spirit connoisseurs and everyday drinkers alike. For Tito's recipes, infusion ideas, Tito swag, or to learn more about our story, visit titosvodka.com. 80 proof Tito's handmade vodka, crafted to be savored responsibly. Geico presents, oh boy, another voicemail from your roommate. Hey, I got some bad news. Someone broke into our apartment and they took your TV and your computer. But what's most upsetting is they took my water bottle. Oh, wait, there it is. I was really worried for a second. Oh, they took your stereo, too. The Geico Insurance Agency could help keep your personal property protected, like if your roommate is only worried about her $2 aluminum water bottle. Visit Geico.com to see how easy it is to switch and save on renter's insurance. Jags fans. Fill your wallet with one debit card that screams Duval exclusively from TIAA Bank. The Jacksonville Jaguars Visa debit card comes with a fierce look, fantastic features, so you can pay with pride wherever you go. And it's yours free when you open a Yield Pledge checking account. Up your financial game today. Visit a financial center near you or find us at TIAABank.com slash JagsCard. TIAA Bank is a division of TIAA, FSB, member FDIC, and the official bank of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Committed to the team, committed to the mission. At Navy Mutual, we're committed to providing high-quality life insurance to members of the military and their families. So our policies have no fine print and no military service restrictions. We don't work on commission. We're nonprofit, so we pass the savings along to our members. Because at Navy Mutual, our highest commitment is to you. Visit NavyMutual.org. Navy Mutual, ensuring those who serve. At ViStar, we believe in better, better convenience, so members can bank any way they want, whether it's at a branch, on a mobile device, or at one of more than 20,000 fee-free ATMs across North America. We believe that people have better things to do with their time. If you believe that convenience is better, join ViStar. We never forget that it's your money. All loans subject to approval, insured by NCUA. You hear all the time about Diamonds Direct's prices and selection and warranties. All true, and all good reasons to give us a visit. But what really sets Diamonds Direct apart is something that's hard to put into words. But you will feel it. 
you'll know it from the minute you walk in. It's our unique culture, our passion, our genuine and absolute desire to totally revolutionize the way you experience jewelry shopping with a laser focus on celebrating your special moments. Every associate, every receptionist, every jewelry craftsman, every single person at Diamonds Direct shares this DNA, this overwhelming desire to exceed your expectations, to honor your trust, to revel in your moment, to make your experience truly magical. This is not a mission statement written on our wall. This is the essence of who we are. It's what drives us every day. It's why we do what we do. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. For real. Every practice, every press conference, every game, 1010XL is there. If your favorite team is the Jaguars, your favorite station is 1010XL, home of the Jaguars. Jaguars happy hour rolls along Thursday, May 21st. J.P. Shadrick with you. All dailies and dailies dash locations are open and operating under normal hours. Pick up a fresh made-to-order sub or sandwich from dailies dash and do it today. Our thanks to Jeff Lagavin, Jaguars analyst. Uh, Ian Eagles coming up at about 4.35 or so. You can see a partial... A uh, bit of the interview video on uh, jaguars.com right now. The full interview coming up in just a couple of moments uh, here on this program. Uh, John Osier is coming up on this program right now. Senior writer, jaguars.com. And uh, good buddy. Hey, John, what's up? Here I am, JP. Here I am. Here, here you are. Welcome back. Still sitting at home. Uh, we are still here, and it sounds like we're going to be here for a little bit longer. We are. I know that this is going to shock you. We are not as essential as we thought we were. Well, we're about, I mean, like, whatever that list is, JP, <laughs> uh, I have a feeling we're way down. Like, we may not be back. If it's about who's essential, we're in a little trouble. Yeah, right. That <laughs> you just put a period at the end of we may not be back. I mean, we might just be yeah, here. No, well, yeah, I'm kidding. Of course. Let's not go there yet. No, no. no. We got, uh, I got a TV here. We got uh, radio equipment. I, you know, we can get some stuff done around here least and we've been no doing, doubt no doubt doing it so far and we'll uh, do it as long as we need to do it for sure uh so john you had uh, another podcast this week it came out on monday it's called the ozone podcast it's an original term. they were clever that way it, you are really good and you had one of everybody's all-time favorites paul Puzlesny, this week and i found it interesting that you know it, it's tough for any player to uh, figure out what's next, you know. Um, but Paul seems to is he's finding a different way of of going about figuring out what he wants to do. He's in school, he's working at an air uh, an air Malone Air Charter, I believe. Um, he's doing a few different things to try to figure out really what his next line of work is going to be. Not that he really has to, but it, it, it even for a guy like Paul, it's hard because he's he's really locked into doing these different things, but it seems like it can be difficult to figure out a path. Yeah. Uh, first off, the plan with the Ozone podcast, uh, particularly during the off season, our plan is to have alumni players on uh, relatively often. We, you want to catch up with guys. And I thought Paul was maybe the most interesting to start off with just for the reason that you cite. He, uh, I had read a couple of things and, and talked to Paul, I think it was last summer. And I was always struck by how open and how he was really sort of trying to embrace the fact that it was going to be difficult. And he, he talked a little on the podcast, which I'm, I'm sure JP, you listened to, of course. but um, he talked a little bit in it about, uh, he thought it was important to acknowledge that it was going to be hard because, in a sense, why wouldn't it be? You, you know, when you play at the level that Paul has, he, he retired at 33, probably means he's been routine-based in football for two decades. And as he said, when you play the way he does an approach, which most pros do, if, if, if they're playing long enough to retire and not get cut, it's all about your diet, your you're obsessed with when you're working out on vacation, you're trying to figure out a place to go work out. It's always running through your mind. So to separate from that is very difficult. And it, it strikes me from having talked to him last week that he's doing a, a really smart job of 
acknowledging it's going to be difficult, not ignoring that it's going to be difficult, and eventually finding his way to what he wants to do, which, by the way, no surprise, and he didn't say this, so I hope I'm not putting words in his mouth. I would be stunned if he's not coaching in the next uh, two or three years. Stunned. We talked about it a little bit, and he, uh, you know, he's he, he's working with TIA Bank now. He has uh, worked as he's fascinated with air, uh, you know, with uh, with airplanes, and did that. And I, he talked at the end of the podcast about how he really thinks that. At first, he wanted to get away from football, but you can tell in his voice the pull is there. He said, "It's not fair to assume you're going to be a great player just because you. I mean, a great coach just because you played." But JP, you were around him. You've been around coaches, players, etc. If anybody who was a, a very, very, very good player can go be a very, very good coach, it's this guy. I, I, I would be surprised. I think he's head coach in ten years. That's it. I think he'd be fantastic at it. Wow. And uh, I think if he gets back into it, he will be a rock star as a coach. The, the, the stories of him around the building, uh, watching video and doing that kind of thing are pretty epic. Obviously, you know, on the regular week's worth of work. And then even after a football game, he would stay after right. a game and go back in the film room that afternoon, that night. And yeah, guys it, just played a game. And even beyond that, there's an element of, you know, we're not like this, JP. When people are around us, they don't aspire to be us. You know, we don't lead people, you and I. But, you know, great coaches and great leaders have an element that when you're around them, you think, you know, it would be good to follow this person's lead. Well, Certainly, Pazlesny had that sort of an ad. You know, he's got that element. You could see him standing in front of a room and players, you know, agree with him or not. He's the kind of person who can lead other people. And, uh, you know, I, I know that he's not quite ready to make that jump. And whatever he's committed to, he, whatever he's doing, he's going to commit to it. But it feels to me like the pull is pulling him back. And uh, I think once he does it, a lot of these coaches do that. A lot of the coaches who, who played in the NFL, they take two or three years. And then I mean, when I was in Indy, my last couple of years in Indy, Frank Reich was a uh, grad assistant. It, and it's not grad assistant in the NFL, but it's a quality control coach. Right, 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 right. I remember talking to him right before I left the Colts and thinking, this guy is, it, is going to be on his way. I couldn't predict he'd be a head coach. But it's a little like that. He had been away from it for a while. But then the pull comes back. And, uh, you know, other guys trying to be really good coaches. I'd be surprised if Paz isn't that. Senior writer, Jaguars.com. John Ozier joining us on Jaguars Happy Hour on this Thursday. Uh, Let's see, the owners' meetings are going on. So they had a meeting, uh, I think, last week or late, early this week, and then they're going to have another one next week. Well, the owners tabled the resolution to incentivize hiring of minority coaches and GMs. That was kind of thrown out there as an idea. They tabled that idea, but later teams must now interview at least two external minority candidates for head coaching jobs and at least one for coordinator jobs. And John teams are now prevented from blocking assistant coaches from interviewing for coordinator positions. That's also for assistant GM positions as well. So some changes there. That that second part is a general change for the whole league. The uh, interview right. minority candidates is, is, a, is an extension of the Rooney rule of sorts. So th- it's obvious that the league wanted to address this in some way this offseason, and at least so far they have. Well, on an issue like this, the idea that the league, I'm sure what you wants to do, don't fall asleep on it, acknowledge it, and continue to push and look for ideas. When you're looking for an idea on how to fix this kind of a problem, it's not going to be a consensus solution, and it's not going to be an overnight solution, unfortunately. I mean, so... What the league is clearly trying to do is, okay, at first when the Rooney rule came around, I forget when it was, but it was uh, mid-2000, it feels like, because I used to talk to Tony Dungy a lot about it when I was with the Colts and he was working there because he was a big believer in it. The fact that if if you got names out there that otherwise wouldn't be out there, the hiring process is often 
guys get floated one year, you go interview someplace one year, the next year you're talked about all offseason as a candidate, and then your name gets into the coaching circle. And then a couple of years later, you get hired because owners are now thinking about your name. So that's why he liked the Rooney rule, because it, it forced minority candidates to be interviewed where at one time perhaps that wasn't happening. Well, that lost its momentum. So I haven't talked to Tony about it, but I'm sure he would like the idea of the fact that now the the coordinator positions are going to be required to have a minority candidate interview. And to me, that is a huge, now you're going to get more at that level, meaning at the coordinator level, you're going to get more minority coordinators at those levels. It's hard to make the jump from assistant, meaning wide receivers coach to head coach. You got to get the coordinator situation fixed first. So uh, this feels like a step in the right direction, but it also feels like now that they have addressed this, uh, and not addressing, they've been addressing it, but it's become a huge issue this offseason. My sense is the pedal will remain on the gas, and you'll have more and more ideas like this being discussed over the next couple of years, in the next couple off seasons. John Ozier with us, Jaguars.com senior writer. It also means now that, uh, you know, since they can't, block assist, they can't block assistant coaches from interviewing for coordinator positions anymore, that means you better have a pretty good depth chart of coaches on your roster to promote from within if somebody gets picked off. Yeah, and that's big for all coaches because there's a lot of – there is a lot of blocking that goes on. Uh, and, all the time, more than you hear about, I think. Well, and – sometimes more than the coaches themselves hear about. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, uh, teams will block guys and I, and I even know they got a call. And uh, so that's a major step forward for individuals. Uh, again, it, it's the old thing. What's good for individuals, is not always great for the team. I'm sure there are teams that won't love that. You're, you're losing good assistance, but as you said, JP, it puts the pressure on, continue to develop coaches, continue to churn it. Uh, I know teams will be very upset about this. You know me, JP. I, I think coaching on some level sometimes gets way overblown and discussed in the offseason. So I think generally speaking, the good teams with the good coaches will be able to adapt to this and develop from within and have guys at the ready to do the job. All right, John, you've got about an hour until Cassius Marsh. What do you want to hear from him today? Uh, you know, I think it'll be interesting just to see what he thinks of the Jags coming in. Uh, I plan to ask him about his dad. I, I covered his dad, uh, in, uh, in, uh, 95 and 96 Curtis Marsh. Uh, I, I have fond memories of interviewing Curtis. He was a dynamic kid. Uh, so maybe that'll come up. Who knows? <laughs> he called him a kid. <laughs> How about that? That was a 90, well, that was a 95. When I covered him, he was a kid. <laughs> He's now in. You know, but so was I. We're not kids anymore, JP. We're all grown up. Um, That's right. Uh, we're all kids at heart, though. John, good stuff. Good to talk to you as always, and we'll talk to you soon. All right, buddy. Thank you, JP. Appreciate it. Great holiday weekend. That's Memorial Day weekend, believe it or not. I, it may just be like every other day on, on Memorial Day, but hey, um, that's coming up this weekend. Thanks to John Osher, senior writer. Uh, thanks also earlier to Jeff Lagerman for joining us. Coming up, Ian Eagle, CBS Sports. And this year, we've made becoming a season ticket member easier than ever. If you're concerned your financial situation may change, the Jags are offering full refunds up to the start of the season. You can defer up to 40% of your 2020 costs into next year with two-year agreements, or you can take advantage of interest-free seven-month payment plans, all designed to get you and your family back to football at the bank. Get all the details at jaguars.com or call 633-2000. Our visit with Ian Eagle right after this is Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Tito's Handmade Vodka is America's original craft vodka. In 1995, Tito Beverage set out to build a micro distillery incorporating elements of artisan craftsmanship from boutique wineries into the spirits industry. Pot distilled and made from corn, Tito's is naturally gluten-free, crafted in Austin, Texas to be savored by spirit connoisseurs and everyday drinkers alike. For Tito's recipes, infusion ideas, Tito's swag, or to learn more about our story, visit titosvodka.com. 80 proof Tito's Handmade Vodka, crafted to be savored responsibly. 
There's a chance your local Geico agent has the same affinity for dad jokes as you. What do you call a fake noodle? I don't know. Maybe an impasta. Oh, so cheesy. Ah, did it grate on you? Yeah, you really shredded me. <laughs> but there's a better chance your local Geico agent could help you out with auto, homeowners, renters, or condo insurance. Motorcycle, boat, or RV insurance, too. They'll work hard to provide sound advice and significant savings. You don't need to share a love for paternal puns to do that. Local Geico agents. Call or visit yours today. Everyone is trying to do their part, especially now. And your Ford dealer is built to lend a hand. If your vehicle needs service, just call. Ford service centers are essential to your community and are still open. Find out about pickup and delivery options from participating Ford dealers. Plus, they've implemented enhanced cleaning measures for added peace of mind. After all, you have a lot to take care of. Let us do our part and help take care of you. Whether you're driving to a Jaguars game or on the way to work, when you see flashing lights, please move over. If you can't move over a lane, slow down 20 miles per hour below the speed limit. You can protect those who help you on the road. From law enforcement and other first responders to utility and tow truck drivers, they all need you to be at the top of your game while you're driving. See lights? Please move over. Brought to you by the Florida Department of Highway Safety and Motor Vehicles and the Florida Highway Patrol. Jags fans, TIAA Bank is ready to be your home team for home lending. Whether you're looking to buy a new home or refinance your current one, we have the nationwide expertise in competitive rates, along with a wide range of mortgage solutions to help you achieve your home lending goals. Team up with a TIAA Bank mortgage expert today. Visit TIAABank.com slash lending team. TIAA Bank is a division of TIAA, FSB, Equal Housing Lender, and the official bank of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Dreamfinders Homes has a simple commitment to their home buyers. Deliver unsurpassed quality, uncompromising value, and an extraordinary level of customization you simply won't find with other home builders. With over 35 communities to choose from, you'll find the location you love and the home of your dreams. Dreamfinders has townhomes, single-family homes, and custom estate homes starting from the mid-100s, and a wide selection of move-in ready homes. Quality, value, customization, that's the Dreamfinders difference. Call 904-738-0165 or online at dreamfindershomes.com. Dreamfinders Homes, the official home builder of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Price is subject to change without notice. Equal housing opportunity. Dick's Wings and Grill is open for business and ready to serve you with three convenient dining options, including dine-in, carry-out, and delivery. Order any of your favorite wings and sauces or enjoy their burgers, wraps, and salads. Call ahead to confirm hours at your nearest Dick's Wings location or bring it on home using one of three convenient order options. Call your favorite location, use your favorite delivery app, or place your order online for select locations. Visit dickswingsandgrill.com for more details. Delivery service subject to location availability. Go into the night with Jaguar sideline reporter Rick Ballou every weeknight on 1010XL. 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 Welcome back, Jaguars Happy Hour, Thursday, May 21st. J.P. Shadrick with you. Our thanks to Jeff Lagerman, Jaguars analyst, senior writer, Jaguars.com. John Ozier joined us as well. To help families and businesses during this difficult time, Atlantic Self Storage is offering 50% off up to six months on small units for new rentals until further notice. Call 877-WE-STORE or visit the Atlantic Self Storage website for details. Uh, we had a nice visit yesterday on Zoom with Ian Eagle of CBS Sports, Westwood One Radio, Brooklyn Nets Television in the NBA, the NBA on TNT. He's all over the place. College basketball on CBS, uh, nonstop for Ian Eagle, who's been covering NFL games since 1998 for CBS Sports. Uh, he also does the Jets preseason games, just to throw the resumes long for Ian, but he's covered a a uh, number of games for the Jaguars over the recent seasons, especially even last year. You had we- the week one game against Kansas City. didn't go well, but that was the start of the Gardner Minshew uh, era at that point. Uh, a couple other instances where he was around and involved with the Jaguars uh, covering a game last year and in the seasons prior. So he has uh, not only this year, but in since covering the league since 98, he's got a pretty good run of the Jaguars history as well. So always a good visit. With Ian Eagle, the uh, partial video visit available on Jaguars.com right now. Here's the full visit here on Jaguars Happy Hour. With CBS Sports, Westwood One, and Brooklyn Nets TV play-by-play man, Ian Eagle. Good to see you, Ian. How are things in New York? 
Yeah, great to see you as well, JP. We're we're doing well. Everything is uh, running smoothly here. Thank you. Yeah, and we're we're starting to open up a little bit more here in Florida. Let, let's talk a little bit of ball, though. I, let's start though. I, I know you work with Tony Baselli on Thursday night football. I work with Tony Baselli, you know, four days a week during the football season. Uh, so I know what you're going through. <laughs> Uh, let's get this right on the table. Tony and I have set an NFL broadcast record for the largest disparity in broadcast partners in football history and broadcasting history. And somehow it works. Uh, Tony is a great guy. He's a tremendous partner, knows the game, prepared, sense of humor, easy to be around. Uh, certainly a good guy to have a pregame meal with uh, just to make you feel good about yourself after the fact that, no, I don't eat that much. Tony can pack it, uh, obviously, more than anything else, just happy that he's safe, his family's safe and feeling healthy. And uh, truly, uh, I work with a lot of different people. Tony has been uh, one of the best guys that, that I've ever partnered with. Let's go back to the day things shut down. I know you do the Nets television games. It was college basketball conference tournament time as well. Where were you when the shutdown started? What do you remember about that day and where were you working? Yeah, JP, I was in San Francisco. I had just worked a TNT game, the Warriors against the Clippers, and I actually stayed in the Bay Area because the Nets were coming in to play the Warriors two nights later. First game was on a Tuesday night. I knew that I had Wednesday off. And walking around San Francisco that day, normally a lot of hustle and bustle, and there was nothing happening. It was very surreal. I changed hotels, and I walked about three-quarters of a mile with my luggage on wheels, and there was nothing happening. Very strange. And then later that night, that Wednesday night, uh, the president spoke to the country, talked about the travel restrictions, and then about two hours later, Rudy Gobert was announced, uh, had tested positive for coronavirus, NBA shut down. I jumped on a red-eye flight immediately to get back to the New York area. My family was all spread out. My wife and my daughter were in Australia where my daughter was studying. My son was in L.A. So that initial reaction was very personal of trying to get everybody situated and back home. And then the professional side started to come into focus. Atlantic 10 Championship, I was supposed to work that Sunday. Canceled. NCAA tournament canceled. Obviously, we know what happened with the NBA, and uh, we are still feeling that domino effect today. The NFL business as usual, but we know that there's some trepidation moving forward as to whether or not they're going to be able to start on time and play the games at the schedule that they just announced recently. Ian Eagle with us. Uh, you touched on it a moment ago, the NFL. Uh, the, you know, everything in this offseason has pretty much gone business as usual, at least scheduling-wise. They've had the draft. They did it virtually. The offseason program's going on right now, virtually, nothing on the field. They announced the schedule, for goodness sakes. That went out uh, without a hitch. But now the question moving ahead is what happens around training camp and do they have to start paring games down, games without fans? It's all a big question. Nobody has an answer right now. But uh, right so far, it's been so good. But you get the kind of feeling that it might not last that long. JP, the, the greatest advantage that the NFL has had is time on their side. This happened to coincide with their offseason. And although there might have been some people initially that thought it was a bit tone deaf, the reality is after the reaction that we saw from the NFL draft and the people around the country, it was welcomed and it was a nice distraction. We understand where sports fits in to the grand landscape. We miss it, but it is not the top priority. The top priority is getting our country and our society back up to speed. But sports plays a role in that. It certainly covers a lot of jobs, and the economy is affected by it. And I think just the general uh, demeanor of people are affected by it in a positive way if sports is involved. So the NFL did fill a void, but they're now facing grander questions. And that's how do you continue with an off-season program? You can do it via Zoom. You can have meetings. Uh, that works short-term, but eventually the physical part 
comes into play and you've got to get your players ready and you have to practice. There's no sport in my mind out there that requires more of the repetition and the practice in order to do your job well and in order to avoid injury. So it's interconnected in that manner. The way the schedule is set up, they could push it. They could move it and shift it and they could shorten it. That's not their goal. Their goal is to play a 17-week schedule, 16 games for each team, still respecting the bye, but understanding they might have to come up with an alternative if we're not at a point where the safety measures are in place to have 53 players on a team and a practice squad and everybody accounted for day in and day out at a facility. You can limit the amount of people going in, but let's face it. Uh, when players go back home, you don't know uh, who they are connecting with and uh, who they are interacting with. So I think that's where the jigsaw puzzle is going to get very challenging for the league. A lot of players, a lot of people and staff involved in the NFL, more so than any other sport. Ian Eagle, CBS Sports with us here on Jaguars.com and Jaguars Radio. Uh, This might be a little bit premature on that note, but NFL on CBS telecasts. Will announcers be allowed in the stadium? We know it's going to be on TV if there are no fans, but um, how would you call a game if you're not allowed in the stadium? Well, two things there, uh, JP. The first part of your question, look, I think if you compare it to the NBA, it is vastly different. NFL, you're up in a press box. You are away from the action to begin with. It's often a controlled environment. You limit the amount of people that are in your booth, more or less. It's play-by-play announcer, analyst, stat person, spotter, audio person, stage manager. That's about it. I would say essential. You're looking at six people, maybe seven based on where you put the cameras, would it be robotic cameras or would it be uh, men and women working the cameras? So I could envision a plan that might include announcers at the site. Now the question is, can you travel to these cities freely? And is there enough travel that's working throughout the nation that will allow announcers to come and go? Is there a quarantine that might be set up? These are all very legitimate questions moving forward. And I think there would be some legal concerns that would have to be sorted out uh, with all of the people in play. The second part of the question, I've done a number of telecasts off of a monitor in a remote location. I've done basketball. I've done tennis. I've done golf. It can be done. Uh, It's it's a challenge, yes. Uh, Certainly, if there are no fans in the stadium, You're not getting a whole lot of ambiance, so you're going to have to really check your energy and gauge where that level would be based on the action. And you're now limited to only what you see on the screen. No longer can you view what's happening on the sidelines and substitutions and nuances that you pick up when you're at the venue. But if the question is, can it be done? It can be done. Ian, last few minutes with you here. Ian Eagle, CBS Sports, Westwood One Radio, uh, NBA on TNT, Brooklyn Nets. The list goes on and on and on. Let's talk a little Jaguars football yep. now. Uh, life happens fast in the National Football League. Nearly the entire starting 2017 defense is gone. Avery Jones is here. Miles Jack is still here. Unique Ngakwe may or may not be here. But that's a different story altogether. Those are the only three starters remaining from hmm. that defense some changes on offense in that time, too. This happened quick, but there's confidence, I think, inside the building, or at least virtually these days, that this group is can get some things done this year. They may not go win 11 games, but there is some confidence around here, even with all the changes. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Dan Fouts and I called the Steelers-Jaguars playoff game. And to think from that moment to where we are today in terms of personnel and expectations, things do change quickly. And it's a reminder how hard and difficult it is to sustain in the National Football League uh, with players bouncing around. And uh, sometimes you catch a break with your schedule. Sometimes you don't. That year, 
Uh, things came together nicely at the right time. The Jaguars were playing their best football at the most important time of the year. And matching that has been a chore. Uh, with that said, what I saw last year, uh, there were certainly times where they left something to be desired. I had that game late in the season, Jacksonville, Tennessee, when the Titans were on the rise. And that was pretty much the end of the line for the Jaguars. Uh, Gardner Minshew got his job back after that. And now here we are getting ready for 2020. And he's the guy. Pretty amazing, considering, again, week one of the season, I've got Jaguars, Kansas City Chiefs. Minshew is in the game for Nick Foles, who got injured. And a phenomenon began uh, because he just had a presence about him. He wasn't intimidated. There was no fear. He just didn't strike you as a rookie. And it's funny in the NFL because uh, we have so many different personalities and guys that are highly successful uh, that are very cocky and others that are highly successful that are very humble. Garner Minshew just had that it factor, whatever that is. Sometimes you can't really gauge it and you have to look someone in the eye and you have to have a conversation with them. And I can see how it rubbed off on his teammates and he's got a belief whether or not he takes advantage of this and becomes a 10 year starter in the NFL. Look, we don't know that. Uh, that that's a, a hundred million dollar question for Gardner Minshew, but he does have attributes that you look for in a leader, in a starting quarterback, and a guy that people root for, it's easy to root for him. But there are other players on this team, too, that have star quality to them. Josh Allen, he, he seems to be the type of guy that you can build defensively around, a guy who could be a 10-year player in Jacksonville. DJ Chark on the other side, wide receiver. Uh, those are two pieces, two Pro Bowl players a year ago that not many teams have young, budding stars like that on their roster. Yeah, we met with Josh. Week one, and this is a rookie getting ready for his first NFL game. And we walked away from that meeting saying, this guy's going to be okay. <laughs> this is not going to be a problem for him making the transition. Mature, uh, has a killer instinct, though. And you can tell how great he wants to be. And I think he was soaking up so much of the knowledge from the veterans on that team. And although maybe they're not going to be there anymore for him, He's going to benefit greatly from that one year. Met with DJ Chark later in the season. I did not know a whole lot about him. You know, obviously a second round pick. So you had a scouting report, but the personality side, I didn't know. And again, walked away very impressed. Uh, there's a, a sense that he can be trusted, that he's going to do his job well, and that you're never going to have to worry about him, his preparation. and. Also, there's a fire there. And while he may not be the most outgoing necessarily, there is something in, in the inside that is burning for him, that he wants to be considered an elite wide receiver. And you look for that. Uh, to me, that's what separates players. Everybody in the NFL has talent. Everybody that gets to this point has legitimate ability. It's those just subtle differences that can make the difference for a player turning into a pro bowler. And uh, DJ Shark showed that. Josh Allen showed the potential for that. So uh, two players, if, if you're producing a media guide right now for the Jacksonville Jaguars, you're sticking these guys on the cover and you're feeling good about it, that they're going to be a part of this culture for an extended period of time. Uh, strange times, obviously. Ian, we appreciate your time. Always good to see you and talk to you. JP, thank you. I am desperately hoping to win a Zoom Emmy in 2021, a Zemi. Uh, that's, that's at the top of my, my to-do list for you next year. put that year. on the shelf behind you, too. <laughs> I'll put it the there. rest of them. Yeah. This, is, this is my wife's office, so I've, I've made some adjustments, but uh, uh, we're going with a subtle backdrop. I am Eagle, CBS Sports, Westwood One Radio. Always a good visit with him. Back in a moment, we'll wrap it up. Some final thoughts. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Tito's Handmade Vodka is America's original craft vodka. 
1995, Tito Beveridge set out to build a micro distillery incorporating elements of artisan craftsmanship from boutique wineries into the spirits industry. Pot distilled and made from corn, Tito's is naturally gluten-free, crafted in Austin, Texas to be savored by spirit connoisseurs and everyday drinkers alike. For Tito's recipes, infusion ideas, Tito's swag, or to learn more about our story, visit titosvodka.com. 80 proof Tito's handmade vodka, crafted to be savored responsibly. Whether you're driving to a Jaguars game or on the way to work, when you see flashing lights, please move over. If you can't move over a lane, slow down 20 miles per hour below the speed limit. You can protect those who help you on the road. From law enforcement and other first responders to utility and tow truck drivers, they all need you to be at the top of your game while you're driving. See lights? Please move over. Brought to you by the Florida Department of Highway Safety and Motor Vehicles and the Florida Highway Patrol. Jags fans. Fill your wallet with one debit card that screams Duval exclusively from TIAA Bank. The Jacksonville Jaguars Visa debit card comes with a fierce look and fantastic features so you can pay with pride wherever you go. And it's yours free when you open a Yield Pledge checking account. Up your financial game today. Visit a financial center near you or find us at TIAABank.com slash Jagscard. TIAA Bank is a division of TIAA, FSB, member FDIC, and the official bank of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Everyone is trying to do their part, especially now. And your Ford dealer is built to lend a hand. If your vehicle needs service, just call. Ford service centers are essential to your community and are still open. Find out about pickup and delivery options from participating Ford dealers. Plus, they've implemented enhanced cleaning measures for added peace of mind. After all, you have a lot to take care of. Let us do our part and help take care of you. At ViStar, we believe in better, especially in helping build a better financial future for our members. So we've reviewed our offerings from the ground up. We've lowered or eliminated over half our fees and enhanced our already competitive rates, saving members more than a million dollars this year, in addition to the millions we save them every year. If you believe that saving money is better, join ViStar. We never forget that it's your money. All loans subject to approval, insured by NCUA. You hear all the time about Diamonds Direct's prices and selection and warranties. All true, and all good reasons to give us a visit. But what really sets Diamonds Direct apart is something that's hard to put into words. But you will feel it. You'll know it from the minute you walk in. It's our unique culture, our passion, our genuine and absolute desire to totally revolutionize the way you experience jewelry shopping with a laser focus on celebrating your special moments. Every associate, every receptionist, every jewelry craftsman, every single person at Diamonds Direct shares this DNA, this overwhelming desire to exceed your expectations, to honor your trust, to revel in your moment, to make your experience truly magical. This is not a mission statement written on our wall. This is the essence of who we are. It's what drives us every day. It's why we do what we do. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. For real. Start the day with Jaguars and Sports Talk. The Drill with Dan Hicken and Jeff Prosser. Mornings on 1010XL. Final moments of Jaguars happy hour on this Thursday, May 21st. Whataburger is open for business in the drive-thru 24-7. Online ordering for curbside pickup available daily between 8 a.m. and 8 p.m. Order from your local Whataburger today. Welcome back. Jaguars happy hour. Final couple of moments of the program here. J.P. Shadrick with you. Our thanks to Jeff Lagerman, Jaguars analyst, for joining us. Senior writer, Jaguars.com, John Osier joining us. Ian Eagles, CBS Sports, a video portion of that. Visit is available now on Jaguars.com. Some good thoughts there about some of the young talent on this Jaguars football team uh, as we uh, move ahead here. And, uh, you know, they've, they've got some guys to, to build around and maybe do some things this year, too. I, it's not out of the realm of possibility, as Tony Baselli always says, right? Um, be positive. This is the time of year to be positive, and uh, it's a good time to do that. So they do have some young talent on this team that, that they can build around, and that's a start. That's something that uh, not a lot of places can really hang their hat on. So let's see if um, let's see if the Jaguars can 
can parlay that into something special. Some uh, updates this week. The competition committee has expressed support for further analysis of on-field officials being assisted by personnel with access to a video feed. That means the sky judge could be in the preseason this year. There's a meeting uh, next week for the owners on May 28th. And growing support for a fourth and 15 play instead of an onside kick. Uh, Count me out on that one, at least in the early going. Uh, You'll hear more about that in the coming days ahead. That'll do it for our program today. Thanks again to uh, uh, John Osier, Jeff Lagerman, Ian Eagle for our entire crew. I'm J.P. Shadrick. That'll do it for Jaguars Happy Hour. Thank you for listening on 1010 AM in Jacksonville and on the Jaguars social media pages. We'll catch you next week on Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network.